Welcome to the Family Connections Podcast, where we are connecting parents and families to God, each other, and the church. Welcome to today's episode, as we have three dads sharing our journey of fatherhood. It's our desire to inspire and encourage fathers to raise their children for the Lord and to enjoy their families. And we have to say at the beginning of this episode that we parent by God's grace. And though we try our best, we fail. It's a reality, so don't judge us. And our talk today isn't designed as a to-do list. Uh, depending on who you are, you either love or hate those to-do lists. But And we don't want people to, in any way to feel like they don't measure up as a dad. You know, for, uh, for Mike and Ben and I, as we interact about the influence of fathers, you know, we really want people to, to grow in, in their parenting skills and for other dads to be encouraged and just to be real and authentic. So we hope that what we share uh, today will be helpful to you as well as a great blessing as you consider the power and the influence of fathers. And so first of all, Mike and Ben, I, I want to ask you, how was your relationship with your father growing up, and and how did he influence you? Yeah, well, uh, I'll start first. Um, my dad uh, is an amazing man. Uh, I have a wonderful view of my father. I recognize that that changes kind of as the years progress, as we get a little bit older, especially as we move into fatherhood. But um, my dad was really so present, and he was always with me in the midst of processing. He was a consistent and uh, a wonderful example to me of what integrity was uh, within the family with all of us. I'm a youngest of three. And so obviously I watched him interact with my mom uh, as a husband, as well as a partner in what it meant to be a parent. Um, and then of course, my oldest sister, my brother, and then myself. Um, and it was very interesting for me to have that spot to watch because mm. they were further along in their parenting years. My dad was a little bit further along, but the things that he really provided for me were security and mm. structure and the idea that he was on my side. I knew that my dad was for me in every single way. His faith was, I mean, the center point of our family. The idea that his love for the Lord and his relationship with the Lord was organic and authentic in the way that he presented it and lived it out. I can honestly say, which I know this is not the case for everyone, uh, that, that my father... Um, loves God with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he looks to the eternal view of what his life means here on earth, that it is for God's glory. Um, and, and it was amazing for me, honestly, to, to watch him grow up. Is he perfect? No, of course not. Um, but one of my favorite elements of who he is, and I'll get to this towards the end, is that he was willing to change and adapt and grow. Uh, and he put that on display. It wasn't something that he hid as if it was you know, I'm going to go and do this kind of a workshop moment away from the family, and then they'll see the end results without including them. I love that about my dad. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome to hear your your side of the story. Um, for me, it's a little bit different. I love my dad, and I know my dad, without a shadow of a doubt, loves me. I can never, I'll never doubt that. But there are definitely things that if I <clears throat> look in retrospect, there are definitely things that I would probably do differently. If I was in my dad's shoes, um, you talked about being present. My dad was, my dad traveled a lot for work or he was just busy. He was just really busy a lot for work until really I was in high school. And he, even then he was still busy, but the presence fully wasn't there sometimes. For him, it was, I'm so exhausted. I need to take a break. So the being present wasn't fully there. And it's not, not necessarily angry when I say that, but it just was something like, I know now this is what I want to, mm. when I become a father. 
this is something I'd look for. The communicative aspect of being able to talk about not just small things, but big things there um, was, wasn't there as well, if, uh, if I'm honest. But so it, it's not, and I'm not saying this in anger or in jest, but I say this more of like the influence for me was I, by the grace of God, am able to take the reflective lens of looking back and saying, now I know what I don't want to do. And now I know how, at least I, not necessarily what I don't even want to do, but also I need to be aware that I'm vulnerable to that because Mm. I grew up in that, in that environment. So I need to really work extra hard for that. So for me, that's, that's kind of where I see my, my influence from my father. I know, again, my dad loves me without a shadow of a doubt. He loves my family and he's, he works hard and he is a, he's an amazing man. At the same time too, I also have to do the give and take of like, Hey, okay, I see what you did there, but I think I'm going to do it a little differently. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, Ben. I I think my dad also traveled a lot. He worked Mm -hmm. in the aerospace industry. And it's it's interesting at this vantage point at my age now is because I became more sympathetic of the way my father was when I became a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of responsibility. And I realized different generation, you know, being born in the early 1930s for him, you know, it his idea of love was providing for the family. Right. So I have to say, uh, again, without, um, you know, throwing any shade, you know, any disrespect towards him is that he did the best he could mm-hmm. when it came to having kids. Now, of course, I'm a firstborn, so I'm I'm the guinea pig or the lab rat, whatever you want to you call it. And so we'll, we'll mention that in a little bit, uh, because, Mike, you were mentioning a little bit about birth order. Right. Your, your dad mm-hmm. had some time to catch up but before he got <laughs> to you as kid number three. So... <laughs> You know, for me, it, it was really interesting because um, my dad expected so much, but was there so little. And, and again, mm. I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner. Um, he didn't have some parenting manual. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did as as he saw that was important. And you 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 need to provide for your family uh, financially. Provide for your family. So I don't discount that. You know, I never went to bed hungry. Although maybe there's some times of discipline where <laughs> I didn't get dinner, but that was my fault. Um, but yeah, my, my dad seemed to um, just have these expectations, but not being there. And so hmm. there there was some distance. And of course, as I got a little bit older, like middle school and high school, you know, you, you kind of challenge your dad on certain things. And so I remember we had some uh, uh, colorful discussions and I probably didn't handle that in the best of ways, but we were really different too. Um I'm the only extrovert in my family growing up. My dad was an introvert. So uh, we yeah. were just different in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, it, it's as we look back and we think of how we are as dads, we have to go back and say, well, what kind of daddy issues do we have, right? How did mm-hmm. how was the influence of our fathers positively or negatively, what does that do to us? Because Ben, you mentioned something like, oh, well, there's things I don't want to do that my dad did, right? And and that was real because, you know, we don't realize it when we parent. A lot of times it's by default. Hmm, right. That is, we we be the dad, we're the dad of how we were fathered, right? Sure. And how our dads uh, related to us. So when we do or say something the way our dad did, in some ways that could be really positive, like maybe in your case, Mike, or for hmm. Ben and I, it could have negative connotations, right? So... Um, I've come to understand that there's a lot of power for better or for worse in the way that I relate with my kids. 
Yeah, so taking that idea and what you just mentioned and, and kind of giving a general umbrella for it, uh, what are then the, the kind of power or, or influence that fathers have? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing I mentioned was expectations, right? The expectations of a father. Um, now, realistically, as dads, we should want our kids to do their best, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, the standards we set and maintain are really important. So the the power or the influence of dads, it's, it's going to be on what expectations they set and how they deal with their kids when those expectations are not met. Yeah. Okay. And a little bit, you know, when we talk about, you know, punishment and discipline, but expectations are really important. And I think that for us as dads, it's really discerning how and when to give grace when the standard's not met. Mm -hmm. I I look Mm -hmm. at it as between the difference between a limbo bar and a high jump bar, right? And, you know, the bar is the standard, right? And there's a difference between grace and leniency. Leniency would be, oh, let me set the bar down real low. Well, that's not good. But grace is if we're, we're keeping the standard where it needs to be, and I'm helping to boost you to meet that standard. So the expectations and how we help our kids meet those expectations are really powerful for us. And I, I think of the Apostle Paul in, in two passages of Scripture that are really similar He mentions this um, in Colossians 3.21. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. In a similar fashion in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, he says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Mm. And I I think one of the problems that um, fathers have in not understanding how much power and influence they wield is especially when when they don't know their child's heart. Uh, they don't know what what their child longs for and their personality and their fears. I, I think that when we have those expectations, and especially for us that have siblings, we want everything to be just. Right. Everyone has to deal with the same way. But, yep. but each one of us, not just in our birth order or you know whether it's a, a brother or a sister, we're wondering how are we going to meet that expectation. And, and I think that... Um, the power of a, a father in helping their kids to meet the expectations is to always want to help them to do their best, but to know that each one of them might have different personalities and a different bent, yeah. but you still want to help them. And so, so yeah, I think expectations is um, a huge part of influence that we have as fathers without really realizing it. Yeah, I would I would piggyback on that too to say making sure expectations are clear as well. Yeah. For me, yeah. for me like we've been talking about that we being Janelle and my wife and I. We've been talking about that. Do we make the expectations clear enough? Like I know what I meant when I said this, but does she understand what I meant? Right. Meaning mm-hmm. my daughters Addison and Brielle, four and two, do they understand that? So I I really appreciate you, Mike, sharing that. And you know, another one for me of influence for fathers is words and the words that we say. Um, and it's not just the actual word, like we were just talking about a moment ago. It's the it's the tone. I could say, go clean your room, or I can say, go clean your room. And you could tell the difference between my tone oh, yeah. right there. Um, one's really angry and one's one's not. And not that sometimes sternness doesn't come with our voice, but the, sure. if we're constantly communicating in negative and anger and with our tone, um, then the content doesn't really matter. At the same token, 
if we're only saying negative words and we're not even having any encouraging thoughts, then that's also going to come through. Um, I Last year, I went to, with Janelle, a Refreshing Your Marriage conference, and I do think it applies to parenting, where Doug Fields talked about the encouragement bucket. And if we have um, five good comments in that bucket, it only takes one negative comment to just destroy the whole thing. So think about that. You can say like 10 good things, but you say two negative things, and that's what I remember. Or our kids are going to do the same thing too. That's right. They're going to do the exact same thing. They're going to remember the negatives if we're constantly negative. So for me, I need to check myself and not just say catch myself and say, what am I saying? Am I talking in anger? Am I talking with angry words? Sarcasm. Some of us like the joke with sarcasm, but our kids may not pick that up at a young age. And as they get older, if they think we're just sarcastic about anything, why should they care about what, what we're saying? So we need to think about that as well. And even the comparison game. You know, especially for us parents that have multiple kids, it's something like, hey, do it because your sister, you see what your sister's doing? You see what your brother's doing? Hey, look, do it like them. Or we play comparison game with families. Let's be like that family because that's the goal. We're not good enough. When we play the comparison game, it's always a losing battle because you're saying your child's not good enough. So we got to be careful with that. And we have to be intentional to our children and to each other when our spouses, our husbands and wives, we need to be intentional with our words and our content and our tone because it can, we can have clear expectations, but words can completely derail them. Hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And I think kind of looking at it from a broad sense as well, the deeds of a father, the actions, right? The idea that uh, we don't recognize it, but our kids are constantly watching us, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even to the point where it almost makes me a little scared because it's it, it's <laughs> something that we pick up on. I, I recognize it even from my father. Our mannerisms are so similar, and it's kind of eerie, right? And so whenever we recognize that our children are watching us, a father to a child relationship bears weight when it comes to how we move, how we act. Um, there's the idea that we, we recognize that as parents, sometimes we're not always emotionally and physically present. We might be one or the other. It's very easy to be in the same room, but not with your family. Mm -hmm. Right. And as dads, I think we absolutely need to be mindful of that. Um, and then I think some things just in general to look at, um, we, whether we recognize it or not, we normalize healthy and unhealthy behavior. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's viewed as unhealthy, we might give ourselves a pass after we grow up and we watch our father do something and say, well, I know it's not the right thing to do, but it's normal. Mm-hmm. That's a really dangerous yeah. place to be. We give ourselves mm-hmm. an acceptance. We kind of, you know, as you mentioned, Mike, before, we're lowering the bar. We're setting the standard a little bit right. lower. And we watch how even hypocrisy as parents, as dads, can come into play and affect our children in a negative way. How we handle conflict, how we handle harmony, so much is wrapped up in seeing how our dads handle and and go about living their lives. Uh, Disappointment and celebration, this is big for me. Uh, I recognize that my kids watch whenever I get upset or whenever I have a letdown of an expectation or a hope for just something that may happen that wasn't to do with someone else's behavior, but just a circumstance. Mm. So how do we handle that? Am I angry at God? Am I trusting the Lord? Do I recognize uh, that people are watching me, that my family is taking note? of how I respond, because I'm giving, again, allowance to my children. This is how you can act. Um, And then another thing, uh, how we treat our children and women. And I mean, Mm. you can get into almost every single context, uh, how we view alcohol, how we view business deals, how we view watching television and making comments about another human being. And sometimes it's like, well, they're on a screen, so it doesn't really matter as much. But seeing how how our parents, how our dads specifically act when it comes to deeds, um, values are caught 
not taught. Mm -hmm. It's something that's contagious. Um, Again, like you said, words can do a lot of good, but how we actually deliver those things and the manner in which we show respect to others is often bigger than that. And then this is the last one I want to center, and I, I touched on it just for a moment with my own dad, but the ability to adapt and change and grow in front of your family is a deed that I have really come to value. Are you willing to apologize to a five-year-old? Are you willing to walk up and, and say, I, I did something wrong? And instead of just simply saying, well, I'm dad, and so you kind of have to deal with that moment of unhealth, I want to call it for what it is and say that I wasn't meeting my own standard. I think to a child, it's really important, and I value that so much from my own father. Mike, I want to throw out something um, that you had mentioned earlier, this idea of punishment and discipline. And uh, man, that's a... Those are two important words that I don't know if we understand the full depth of what they really mean and what the difference is. Could you? I want to. I want to throw it to you, Mike, if uh, you could split the difference between those two. Yeah. Well, I think it's you know we're looking at what's the what's the focus and how the parent feels and how the child feels. And so I'll start with the the parent. You know, in punishment, the focus is on the penalty for sin, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's it's punitive. It's like you're you're going to get what's coming to you. But when we use the word discipline, we're, we're thinking that it's correction for maturity. Right. I, I mean, yeah, there still is going to be something punitive. You know, somebody gets a timeout or they get a spank or there's some consequences for what they did. But the focus isn't on the penalty. That's punishment. Mm. Discipline, the focus is on I'm correcting my child so they might mature and then we will not have to deal with this later on in life because we're taking care of it earlier. So the aspect of 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 punishing is going to fall by the wayside when we have that spirit that focus of of discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And so if we have if we have our mainline focus here, we we got two people involved, our parent and the child. And so for me, when I go into punish my children, I usually am doing that out of frustration and it's out of my anger. And when I'm mad, I'm really not thinking about why I'm doing this. And that's where I'm losing discipline and punishment's just taken over and that's all they're seeing. So discipline, and then for me, just that word discipline too, spiritual disciplines. We talk about that word all the time, like reading reading God's word, being involved in, a, in a, with your uh, Christian friends and community. You know, those are good. Discipline's a good thing. The Bible is clear. Discipline is a good thing. And so it should come from a loving and concerned mindset. It shouldn't come from an anger-driven, frustrated, or mad mindset. And so for before we even walk down what those consequences are, what the punishment is, what we're going to do, we need to check ourselves. And I need mm. to make sure I'm coming from a loving and concerned mindset because I'm concerned about your behavior, Addison. I'm concerned about your behavior, Brielle. And I love you enough to not let you act and live in that way. Let me show you how. And because you did this, this is what happens. And there is a complete difference of focus when it comes to our parents and our hearts, when we go from a loving and concerned mindset. That's right. oh, I think that's so true. As you said, just checking our motivations. And it's almost like once you start doing it, you can't stop. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's really great. I, I love the ability to do that with my wife. I recognize there might be some single dads listening to this. So that option is not always available. But even having somebody to check in with and say, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I messed up uh, disciplining my, my son or my daughter 
uh, just a little bit ago and checking those motivations. And as you said, so we got the parent relationship and then the child. So what is what is your child going through uh, in the midst of this moment where discipline is necessary um, for a child? If punishment is what our focus is, then there's a lot of fear mm. and there's guilt and even sometimes confusion. If it's like, I'm not even sure what I did. If, you know, right. going back to, you know, expectations, if those weren't clearly stated and they just see mom or dad is mad, all it is is what did I do? And, and there can be this fear and this guilt that comes over them. Um, and knowing our kids are at different stages, so their age, you know, might play into that. But if we're in the punishment zone, if that's the focus, our child is usually experiencing fear and guilt. But when we're in discipline, it's this idea of security. It's that the, the expectation is now being restated, maybe even having your child restate the expectation back to you. So my son Owen or Levi, Owen, Levi, you know, what was it that mommy and daddy said about eating at, uh, away from the table? Oh, yeah, mommy and daddy said we can't eat on the couch because it makes crumbs. Okay. So then they're restating mm-hmm. what was already said. There's a security that whenever mommy and daddy say something, we're going to follow through and the standard remains the standard, right? And so it's really important to recognize our motivations come from different places. And doing these things, coming from an area of loving discipline instead of from punishment, as fathers, we're helping to create an environment which makes obedience easier. Not 100%. This is not a formula (laughs) to create robots, and we have to be careful of that, I think, at times in terms of controlling. But we recognize that we can actually make an environment more conducive for Mm -hmm. our children to grow in health and for obedience to be um, hopefully experienced at a fuller and deeper level. Yeah. And, you know, when you mention that, Mike, it makes me think about what you said about the influence of your dad, you know, Mm. going back for, you know, Ben's situation and mine, it's that's so foreign. And and for us as Christian fathers, we are really, in, in a sense, trying to break that cycle of some things that have just been inherent in our family system, probably for generations. And yet, you know, as we talked about the top of the episode is that we parent by God's grace. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you're you're mentioning about that, it makes me think about um, how that creates that environment to to make obedience easier. And mm. Ben, as you're mentioning uh, the parent part of how easy it is to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not the only dads that have been frustrated and realize, oh, maybe we didn't have clear expectations, or maybe I I lost the focus and thought more about the need for. Uh, issuing the the penalty mm. for their wrongdoing rather than, ooh, I'm actually discipling, disciplining my kids to maturity. Mm. And at the same time, I need to do that myself. Well, you know, just kind of finishing up, I want to ask you guys, what, what's a final word that you, you want to share with dads who are listening to this episode? You know, for me, um, if I could speak to all the dads out there, I would say make sure that you are connecting with other fathers. I mean, mm. the I feel like men, like maybe it's just me. Isolation is like it's okay. Like I like to have my time. I like to just you know be by myself sometimes. I I don't like to open up. I don't mm. like to talk. I don't want to say something that, about what's going on because like Mike, you alluded to like, hey, what does that mean to talk to somebody else and say, hey, I messed up. Like yeah. it's okay to do that. None of us around the table here are perfect to have like the perfect father resume. I'm I'm an active process. I'm an active process by the grace of God. And we need to be able to walk alongside one another and encourage each other and be there for one another. But I think sometimes just our our natural tendencies as men is to 
back away and not admit something out of the fear of failure or fear of looking mm. weak or fear of not doing something right. At least maybe that's maybe just me, but I see that in a lot of guys. And I see the men who are usually the strongest fathers have connections with other dads around them. And that's that's biblical. Mm. We're talking about community. Well, that's an area of community we absolutely need. Wow. And so I want to encourage fathers, get out of, get off the couch, get out of the house, get out and hang out with other dads. You know, go to the park and take your kids there and st- just talk about what's going on in life. It's, it, you'll find you'll find a lot of common ground, but also you'll find encouragement when we have other fathers. And I would encourage us making sure we have fathers who also believe in the same God that we do, believe in the same Jesus that we do, to encourage us not just in how do we father our kids, but also how do we father them to be more like Jesus. Oh, that's great. Ben, I 100% agree with what you just said. And I think uh, inside of that as well, uh, just the idea of being real and authentic, mm. uh, that our, our lives are lived out um, with a mixture of successes and failures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a father, I often feel defeated if my failure is out in front of you know, the, the purview of other people to see. Uh, and that can be a scary moment. So it's not becoming comfortable, with, I guess, with our failure in any way, shape or form, but rather familiar with what it means to process through it and still recognize that my value in God, my value in the Lord, my value to my family, to my wife, to my children, it's still secure. Um, the day wasn't pass fail and, oh, there's a defeated day. Let's move on from that and hope tomorrow is better. Um, God has a much grander plan that doesn't include um, me feeling that each day is just a massive pit of hell or it's this rejoicing in sunshine, <laughs> sunshine and measuring up to some comparison that I had, uh, whether it was my own father or other dads that I see that are operating. Well, you know, the first thing that came to mind about um, what I'd want to share with dads listening to this podcast is that uh, to let your kids see how much you love their mom. Mm. I mean, I think that's huge. And, and, and so if we're talking, um, in that type of situation, it, kids want to feel secure in knowing that mom and dad love each other. So you might say, well, what about in a divorce situation? You know, I'm, I'm a a dad who, um, is divorced. Well, Mm. I think how you speak about your kid's mom in the interaction, if there's a different time that they're with, one parent went the other. It it still deals with um, love and respect, even if the marriage has already dissolved, right? And yeah. you have kids of divorce. So I, I want to make sure that uh, single dads would understand that as well. It's really important of how they um, love their kids' mom, and because the kids are always watching. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember yeah. when the kids are going, oh, "You're hugging and kissing mommy in the kitchen again." I'm like, "Hey, man, I love your mom," you know, and so. Anyways, uh, you know, they, they would giggle about that, but uh, it was huge um, to be able to do that. But I, I think along with that, it's uh, displaying humility. I, I think for us as dads, you know, when we, when we talk about living with our failures, that wasn't modeled with my dad. Hmm. Um, you know, it's here's the expectations and the aspect of vulnerability just wasn't there. So I've learned the hard way of how to ask my kids for forgiveness when I used my... Uh, coach's voice inside. So Ben, when you're talking about the power of words, <laughs> yeah. I was lovingly reminded by my wife that uh, I wasn't yelling, but I was using my coach's voice inside. So, and I think the humility to be able to grow, um, I, I think that that's huge because to recognize that we need God's grace, mm-hmm. um, to be the dad that our kids really need us to be. And uh, we have to rely on God to do that. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode on the influence of fathers. We hope it was beneficial and encouraging toward what God has designed for marriage, for fatherhood, and we're excited to hear from you soon. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode today. Family Connection Podcast is hosted by the Family Ministry Team of Cornerstone Bible Church. For resources and more information about the church, please go to cbcglendora.org. We would love to connect with you. Here are a couple of ways. Stay up to date on our latest episodes by subscribing or following Family Connections on your favorite podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. To interact with episode topics, ask questions, and share ideas, like and follow us on Facebook by searching Family Connections Podcast. Do you like what you hear? Please leave a review. We look forward to being with you next time on the Family Connections Podcast.